Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Here I am, about to give you another episode of High and Mighty, but before that... I'm having a few sips of one of my new favorite cocktails, Southern Comfort 100 Proof, splash of lime juice, and a little spritz of soda just to give it some bubbles. And I've been drinking this a lot. I don't, you know, it's a SoCo and soda with a splash of lime, I guess you could call it, or SoCo and lime with a splash of soda. Either way, it's an easy to make cocktail that tastes great. Southern Comfort 100 has like a a distinguished taste, a flavor profile, and a unique blend of fruits and spices. It, But it doesn't burn like whiskey. Not that I can't handle whiskey, but I'm just saying for maybe a different flavor profile, it's way easier. It's the flavor of whiskey made comfortable, really. It's like a comfortable whiskey flavor. It's great on its own, too. You could do it in shots. You could do it on the rocks. Or you can even go like as crazy as Old Fashioned or Manhattan. I don't have time to do that. You know, I'm a busy podcaster. So check it out, SoCo 100 Proof, southerncomfort.com or twitter.com backslash or forward slash, whatever the slash is, kids, Southern Comfort. Live comfortably. Drink responsibly. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your host, John Gabris, the number one fuckboy, your number one fuckboy, the fuckboy, all my little fuckboys and girls out there, all my little number two fuckboy and number three fuckgirls out there. Guys, we're back. And I've got a fucking full house in the HeadGum Studios, and we're doing a podcast about a TV show. We're the first podcast to do that. We're going to be talking about <laughs> my favorite Cinemax show, possibly my favorite TV show, Banshee. And to talk about Banshee with me are an elite group of white males that I like to call the Fanshees. I'm sure the Banshee people use that name first, but we're going to call ourselves the Fanshees as well. With me is returning guests, Sean Clements from the Poker episode. Sean, thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, Sean is wearing a suit and standing in the corner with a briefcase, and I appreciate that. Uh, uh, <laughs> most frequent guest of the podcast, and uh, I guess guy who I'm the most indebted to, 
Ben Rogers. You might remember him from all the other podcasts I do. Uh, hey, fuck boy. <laughs> ben is wearing all fishing equipment, and he's standing next to a chalkboard. I think he's going for a Quint thing here. And new guest, first timer, my... My future, the wizard, Sean Conroy. <laughs> what a treat to be here. <laughs> Sean you. is Thank wearing uh, me, <laughs> Sean is wearing Lederhosen, and it has a giant lollipop, and he held it up on the word treat. It's a swirly lollipop. <laughs> yes, it's a very cute lollipop. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much for coming to the HeadGum Studios and surviving the trek up the stairs here. It's a lot of stairs. It's a lot of stairs. I'm literally just catching my breath from it. Um, before we get into talking about Banshee, and before we start fancying out, if you will, I'm just going to read some five-star reviews of my podcast, High and Mighty. First one, listening to this podcast is an entertaining, albeit frightening, look into the mind of a high-functioning alcoholic. The host commits a chunk of nearly episode, every episode to remembering the salad days when life's mistakes hadn't yet caught up with him with a sigh. Jumps into whatever inane topic he's chosen to bore the listener with that week. If you ever want to listen to comedians talk inside baseball about swimming or video games, this is the podcast for you. I love swimming. <laughs> My only positive takeaway is that Gabrus pulls the curtain back so much and shows us the true ugly side of substance abuse and narcissism, which really forced me to take a long look in the mirror and reassess my shortcomings in hopes of not following in his footsteps. A plus would listen again. That's from someone named Garbage Town. <laughs> Seems like a yeah. pleasant person. Yeah, I feel like they figured out their problems when they made the screen name. Yeah, I think this person figured out their problems before listening to my Very podcast. Very eloquent. <laughs> yeah. That one, sometimes they're just accurate descriptions of me, and and people are like, I'm going to be super offensive, but I'm self-aware enough to know he is not wrong about it. I wouldn't call myself an alcoholic, but... Uh, yeah, other but high what? functioning. Yeah. <laughs> but, but other, but other people, I wouldn't call myself high functioning anything. <laughs> um, this is from someone named John is stuck in the internet. Oh no, it's by Boy with a Wooden Face. I listened to this podcast after I saw John in that show, Fat Guy Stuck in the Internet. That's what this podcast should be called. 10 out of 10 would listen again. He thinks you're John Gemberling? He either thinks I'm John Gemberling or this is that's a deep cut. Like That's someone who is you were, trying to... You were in that show? Nope. You were not in that <laughs> no, show. No, that was Gemberling. Uh -huh. It was in 10 episodes. So he's either truly confused <laughs> or like trying to cut you Trying to be like, way? yeah, trying to, I guess... Because we You're did a poor mention man's gambling. on a fact, yeah, exactly. I'm a poor man's gambling. <laughs> but gambling was a poor man's gambling. <laughs> yeah, gambling's a poor man's gambling, and I'm a copy of that copy. I'm like multiplicity <laughs> number four. I'm the guy who says hi, Steve, with the boot on his head. Mm. Um, makes you want Taco Bell? That's not a fucking review. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is from someone named CTC36, which is the cool abbreviation for a cheesy. Uh, um, no, that's not C. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just Water. had a stroke. <laughs> well, what were you going to say? Yeah. I was going to say, I thought it was the cool abbreviation for Cheesy Taco Crunch, but I'm thinking of CGC Cheesy Gordita Crunch. My mouth, it wasn't working as fast as my brain was there. John Gabris is too fat. That's the only <laughs> review there. Nice. Oh, uh, who's fun. to say? This is from Rudy225. Fat shaming. Johnston Gaypus. What's even worse than the topics discussed in this podcast is his fake Northeastern American accent. Though he is from this region of the country, he somehow still has a forced, unnatural accent. <laughs> totally fake. I always what? knew that about you, yeah. Gabrus. Like What Nazi hearing you that? talk? I know. Hearing you talk when you're not recording the podcast is so different from hearing you talk when you are yeah, recording. I change into a yeah. wife beater and I fucking don't turn Your into fake Teddy Dancer. Northeastern accent. <laughs> Drop but it. fake Northeastern accent, I don't claim to be from the... I mean, I am from the Northeast, but I don't claim, like, I'm a Northeasterner. I think Northeastern means Jew, right? 
Does that like an offensive way <laughs> Southerners uh, say not Jews? Not to me. <laughs> and to me, there's sort of four like quadrants of the country. Oh, there's like northeast, <laughs> southeast, northwest, and southwest. But and I'm thinking the upper. Like, like right, right yeah, is, is north- the northeast. So you're going by the actual definition of the word. Yeah, north- yeah. Northeaster to me is like a guy in one of those uh, rain hats that has matching galoshes. Oh, standing on the deck fish. He's prepared for a, a nor'easter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, it makes me think of like. So you're Stephen- saying a nor'easterner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I he think you of- sound like lightning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of Stephen King's neighbors. <laughs> yes, I'm like a Tommy Knocker yeah. or a Lingaling. Oh, sure, I'll have another lobster roll. <laughs> All right, this is uh, from Chicago Shithead. The title is Vomit Inducing. You remember that boil popping vid that went around the internet a few years ago? Well, it's back in audio form with this podcast, but in all honesty, love the podcast. I'm going to stop reading the nice parts. Sanford is an imaginary friend that emerged from Gabrus' deep-seated loneliness and sadness. (laughs) Wow, that's deep to call out my one high school friend. John asks people to roast him in the comments so he can believe he is in control and that people aren't just saying these horrible things about him because that's how they really feel. He's saying, <laughs> Holy you, shit. you are deflecting. Like your, your defense is to say, I yeah, want yeah. you to do yeah. this. They would do yeah. this anyway. <laughs> Truly a person to pity. <laughs> that one's pretty good. That is a good one. <laughs> He's just trying to be in control. He's like out out gaming. Don't take this away from me. You know. Yeah. (laughs) I insult you because I don't like you. Right. Not because you asked me to. This dude is breaking. Like that is bulletproof because I can't say anything. I can't react to that comment without helping prove his theory further. It's like a logic trap. It's like layers upon layers. He walked me into a logic. All right. I'll just read one more and then um, I'll stop subjecting you guys to this. This is from Fuckboy Finn. Um, I find John Gabers to be a highly relatable podcast personality. I'm not a professional journalist, journalist like Sarah Koenig or a professional comedian like Bill Burr. But like John, I'm extremely fat and the least funny of all my friends. If you haven't heard the show, here's how it goes. John invites funny people on the show only to derail every bit that picks up steam by making the same joke three times in a row with slightly different wordings. In general, being John Gabers <laughs> seems like a struggle. <laughs> Oh, I like that he did this in like complete letter format where he's like, love the show. Also a fat fuck. Yeah. But- <laughs> yeah, he filled out like, yeah. name. what would you like to be referred uh-huh. to? Uh, hold on. Just one more and then we're done with this one because this one is on point. A podcast by John Gabris, about John Gabris, and for John Gabris. Five stars. <laughs> that one hurts. I mean, it doesn't hurt because, I mean, podcasts in and of themselves are just fucking self narcissistic not self narcissistic self uh congratulatory anything narcissistic is about yourself right right that i just learned (laughs) based on those podcast masturbatory self-auto-narcissistic that's auto-erotic narcissistic masturbatory podcast what if we had a podcast where we just choked ourselves with belts and jerked (laughs) (laughs) i mean you mean record it yeah what have i gotten myself into (laughs) (laughs) welcome back to edging with john (laughs) (laughs) cambridge Is edging where you bring yourself almost to climax over and over again? Or yes. you fuck yeah. the Somebody corner else of a textbook? Does. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it can be... Oh, it doesn't oh yeah, you don't have to be alone. Yeah. That, I mean, autoerotic, you have to be alone. Autoerotic like, edging. edging. But anything, edging a lot of things that do. are autoerotic can just yeah. be erotic. Just invite someone else. <laughs> right. That, you can have someone else choke you. That's something uh. that... Uh, 
Oh yeah! Did you guys see House of Cards? <laughs> I haven't. Oh, that happens. Let's imagine we just like the about- Chinese prime minister or something <laughs> is getting choked. <laughs> it's around the time that I started to go. Mm, I think I'm done. <laughs> I would love it if starting now we just talked about House of Cards for 40 minutes and wrapped up. Even though we came to do a show about Banshee, <laughs> yeah, we just did like a, a side lateral move. I would it just, just came I up. would just leave. I've never seen House of Cards. <laughs> I mean, neither. But I would just keep. I would really? keep going. Yeah. I've never seen an episode. Of I watched a couple. I watched a season and then the first episode of the second season, and then I was like, "I can't watch this anymore." Because I don't buy the world, unlike Banshee. The <laughs> <laughs> world right. I buy. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into it. So the the premise of this episode is we're going to get the listeners wanting to watch the TV show Banshee because at the April 1st or April 34th? What is the April date? April 1st. April 1st. April 34th, I think. <laughs> April 34th. <laughs> Pi over uh, two squared. No, April 1st, the fourth and final season of Banshee comes back. Don't just blow by that pie joke. Yeah, no, no, no I am. <laughs> <laughs> Sit in it, man. Let's Sit in, back. Man. Is there more here? You, you know you have good friends when you make a bad joke, they look at each other like, oh, fuck, we got another hour of this. And then they don't let it end there. One of them turns and brings it up to you. <laughs> talking about that pie joke? Yeah, the pie joke. All right. Sorry, sorry. Fuck, dude. I'm moving a little slow today. Um, and Banshee's coming back for its fourth and final season, mm-hmm. and I think everyone should watch it. I don't even know if you need to watch the first couple of seasons to really enjoy it. You should. It. Yeah. But you should. And so that's why Well, this- it's kind of the third season ended in a crazy place. It's a big cliffhanger. You need yeah. to at least watch the third yeah. to watch the fourth. Yeah. Right, and so you have time. You have the time. That's what the, prim- that's what the point of this is. So let's discuss... What... Can someone logline Banshee for? <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess, you know, you could walk just through the pilot. The which pilot is, is the best explanation. Guy gets out of jail after 15 years in prison, goes to a small town to find someone, winds up sitting in a bar next to a sheriff who has come from out of town because the city's so corrupt that they had to get, like, a cop they'd never met before to sort mm. of enforce the rules. Which always And works. it's corrupt by an Amish mobster. Um, yes, it's corrupt by an Amish mobster, and there's many other criminals, but in the the con is sitting next to the cop. People come in to rob the bar. They shoot the cop. The ex-con picks up his badge and says, I'm going to be the sheriff of this town now. I'm the so captain a, now. So a career-long criminal there's, is now going to be the sheriff of the town. There's a new sheriff in town, and he's a bad dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's- that's oh, that's the log, log line. line. Yeah, that's much better. <laughs> that's the log line. That's the pitch that sold it. <laughs> Everyone's like, I don't even want to know anything else. And the guy's like, you sure? Because we have crazy shit. And they're like, no, that that's cool. We'll make the poster like a... The, we'll make the billboard like a postcard and everyone will tune in. <laughs> yeah. I think that's another problem. Like why I want to talk about the show is I think people see that postcard, see like from the creators of True Blood and, and they just don't fully understand what. I think oh. we're four of the only people I know that watch the show. And it's, we a very, are- it's a very rarefied taste. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of people going around going, Banshee's amazing. <laughs> right. You know? And I don't even know anyone who watches it. No yeah. But I think anyone I know who watches it proselytizes about right. I can't even fucking talk tonight i've pitched it hard to people like who i think would like it and i for some reason a lot of people i guess thought it had a supernatural element to it right because the name it's banshee, called sounds, banshee right. was like this weird animated poster and it was true blood and, and a ba- so a banshee is like a howling spirit yeah traditionally I mean, so it's, it was but it's just also the, apparently a small town in pennsylvania it's a corrupt it's the town, the town. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's the most violent town in pennsylvania although when they in have, the country when they have <laughs> yeah. the banshee festival 
people wear masks of these howling spirits. Like, mm-hmm. that's it's the, the first reference to where the name of the like town comes. it's two seasons in. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, people are confused about this. And not a lot of people know that ba- Banshee <laughs> is a small town in, in Pennsylvania that sits on the corner of a Native American reservation, an Amish community, a white supremacy community, a black-like ghetto, like every single possible... Yeah, and there's an army base now. And there's an army base Yes. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and like five or six high-end art museums or banks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's with, a lot of I mean, places It's to within driving distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, obviously that's completely absurd, mm-hmm. but I think that's one of the things I love about the Me show too. is that clearly these guys just went, let's fucking go for it. Whatever we think <laughs> yeah. is going to be the most fun, yeah. it's there. That's what's great about you know? the show. And we, talking about pitching it hardcore to people that you think would like it, that's how I got into it was Sean and Ben pitched it to, and I think Dom was into it back then too. Mm-hmm. You guys pitched it to me hard and I was like, wait, and then the pitch that got me sold and that I've been using to tell people is that every episode is like an hour-long 90s action movie. Yeah. Well, you know, TV, we're in the golden age of TV, right? Oh, and people really? think that means like Mad Men and Prestige TV. But actually, I think a lot of TV shows are now occupying the space of movies that don't exist anymore. Yes. Like Transparent is like indie films they don't really make anymore. Right. Like those mid-level indie films. And then like Banshee is these 90s action, like Steven Seagal style movies that they don't fucking exist no. or they're like video on demand and there's not like care put into them. Right. This is made by people who give a shit. Yeah. yeah. Every, every episode has at least one action set piece. Yeah. And sometimes two or three even. Yes. I mean, I always, I, I you know, I, I run two animated shows and I always use one particular scene from that show i show it in the room just as an example of like how crazy you can go with stuff because it does feel like a cartoon which is that one fight scene and this is not a spoiler because it is the most amazing fight scene i've ever seen yeah and it is on youtube if it's the fight scene i think we're talking the about the one between the two like the native american woman and the the jewish scalpel whoever the that henchman guy is. Dude. Yeah. the henchman dude in yeah. the car in the car yes right. that one the best and that's on youtube it's like six minutes of like incredible fight choreography <laughs> but like he's like curly because he, he reminds me of danny cohen the comedian danny cohen he wears like there's, there's no reference to that guy being jewish whatsoever <laughs> everyone else is like a raging archetype and he's the only one he wears like a he is actually not jewish he looks like the uh, is like uh, a fundamentalist like he dresses like in uh the brother from brother the Mizzone. wire, yeah, bro. He dresses yeah. like brother Mazone oh, yeah. from the wire, yeah. suit and a bow tie. But he's white, yeah. and he has horn rim glasses and curly. Which he always hair. takes off when he's getting ready to kick somebody's ass. Yeah, he very sort of it's deliberately, yeah. Like, yeah, takes him, folds, takes him, folds him, tucks him, and is like, now I'm going to kill, kill and somebody. torture somebody. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> his backstory uh. is crazy. Like he's like Opus Day, like one of those guys who's been beaten repetitively on mm-hmm. the back. All right, so I think we need to back up just a little because yeah. we're getting so. The characters are all very fun. Right. It's kind of like there is no supernatural element per se, but they are superheroes, basically. Like you keep meeting like they they keep introducing like crime bosses or like vigilante justice people who have superhuman abilities. <laughs> yeah. Like it's very And then you're like, oh, I can't wait for this Native American woman to meet up with this henchman uh, because right. that's gonna be a good fight. And, and they it totally always lived up to the hype. Do it. Yeah. yeah. They always yeah. do it on the show, which is the best part. It's like tease that gi- you tease that giant fucking Native American and you're like, you know Hood is gonna fight that guy right. in a co- and then yeah. he fights him like in the three of the coolest and 
I'm, I'm now I'm getting caught up, but every episode talking about nineties action movie, every episode just has like an archetypal guy. Like he fights a Jason Statham like type guy. Transporter. He, yeah, yeah. He fights like a transporter type guy. He fights like in a guy Ritchie movie. He fights that, an MMA fighter, which is the third episode. If you're thinking of getting on the show, once Watch you get the to that first third, three. Yeah, once you get yeah. to that third episode, his fight with an MMA guy is one of the better fights in the series. The first season started more like Monster of the Week, where it would just be like, here's a weird like Guy Ritchie character, or here's this MMA fighter. And then the sheriff is going to, Here's against the- all odds, beat and kill him <laughs> with his bare hands. Like in, new- in front of 20 to 30. The Sons of Anarchy gang just yeah. came into town and raped a woman. And so Hood's going to go to where they sleep, which is under a tent for some reason, with fighting sticks, yeah. no guns, yeah, yeah. and kill all of them. I do love when he busted out those fighting sticks. It, it was, was like, we yeah. already saw him use in guns a- and shit. Oh, Let's yeah. Something in a no thunderstorm, no less. <laughs> there was like lightning going. Behind him. <laughs> so we, we, we said Hood. Hood is that sheriff character we described who's an ex-con. And then we later learn in like season three that he may have also been a government agent for like eight years before he was in jail. Yes, he was in a sort of operation that even the Navy SEALs don't know yeah. about. Right. right. Not even Delta Force, uh-huh. like another level beyond yeah. that. I, and it's so fun because it is like retroactive justification for like, how is this dude who was an art thief killing and, everyone? Yeah, how do you kill an MMA fighter <laughs> with his bare hands who was like the world champ? And he's also completely indestructible. The, <laughs> yeah, the time yeah, frame is very fuzzy too. Fine. I think he started when he was like 15 years old. Right, That's like, when he got in the he army. He has like seven backstories. Yeah. Like he was in prison for 15 years, but he also was in the army for well, like and 10 the, years. And he, whole, and he was a robber. Yeah. <laughs> the whole prison backstory is so great too. Uh, like going back and uh, seeing... The guy who basically is his nemesis in prison is mm-hmm. amazing. Is yeah. a gay albino bodybuilder. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> who walks around the prison yard with like a little fuck boy holding, holding an umbrella, umbrella over, over his head. Yeah. yeah. It's a great show. Uh, and the other thing is it's Cinemax and they, they've never been able to really get away from the Skinamax element of that so right, everybody there's always a in the town scene fucks too. if you yeah. see a hot fucks. girl Hood is going to fuck her in like half an episode <laughs> right that's what I like about the show and Strike Back another uh, Cinemax show always does that it's like you'll meet up with your contact in Cuba and it's like who is it and it's like her name is Codename Viper and she's like a jacked beautiful black woman and you're like oh he's gonna within fuck. within a minute or two in the pilot he's just fucking some bartender he just met right after he got out of prison yeah and you're that's like, for no reason she never right. exists no, she never, again she never just like, yeah. it just two minutes in they're like don't worry he's gonna fuck me. <laughs> yeah it is this male fantasy of hood can't lose any fights and he fucks everybody within right. like five minutes of meeting them like there's at least three different occasions where a beautiful woman walks into the bar that he is basically living at and she's like hey how's it going and he's like pretty good and she's like want to go back to your place like literally that fast he lives in like a barn next to the bar he lives in a barn in small town Pennsylvania and sometimes he walks in and just on the payphone is the most beautiful model you've ever had in your life and they're trying to sort of subtly be like this girl's in the bar and it's like no that's a main character that's a human who doesn't it's like law and order when like Jim Gaffigan is the guest and he's like you're like He's in the cold open. You're like, he's the killer. (laughs) He's going to be a big part of the story. (laughs) The women are all super hot in this show. They all kind of look the same, too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's run through the characters a little bit, because before when uh, when you said when the Sons of Anarchy biker gang 
interrupts the Amish street festival and rapes a woman. Mm-hmm. That woman is the by the season three, the de facto mayor's wife tries to rape her. Tries not, to rape her. Does, does not. not. No, does not. she's because she's she also, also is indestructible because <laughs> yeah. she's Hood's ex girlfriend from their pre life of crime. Yeah. yeah, maybe his only fighting equal. His only fighting maybe equal yes. is a seventy five pound woman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> son of a Russian or daughter of a Russian mobster. Daughter of a Russian mobster, and who Hood took the fall to save her. Right, Hood went because he loved her. Yes. And, and still loves her. That's why he came to Banshee in the first uh-huh. place, right? Because he was because tra- that's where he knew she was right. there. And the, the moment when he was like, "I," he, when you find out he went to prison for, her, and then that one episode, you re- you find out that prison was over a decade, and it was fifteen him, years. It was him getting beat up every single Constantly, day for yeah. because the Russian mobster like had people on the inside, right. had him beat up every single day. Through so, psychological torment. Right, oh God. Yes. Yeah. So they set up that the backstory is like, imagine a show where you're like, imagine you're just watching a show and MacGyver, like, hey, MacGyver, where'd you learn how to use rubber bands like this? He's like, oh, for 15 years, I was beaten and abused every <laughs> single day. And it's like, what? Uh, that's And it's they not mentioned until that, that moment. And it's like a fourth. How old is Hood? He's either, he's, like logically, he's seventy five. He could be ageless too. Yeah, he's yeah. not just indestructible. Uh-huh. He's it immortal. would make more sense than yeah. what I think is the story <laughs> if they gave him like a Captain America type. Like you were frozen for right. many years. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that so his what's her name uh, that he's in love with? Carrie. Carrie. That's her name now. She had a different name before. Yeah, Carrie Hopewell is the yeah. fake identity that she has assumed. When Hood comes back to this small town, it's to find Carrie, who had a different name and was the daughter and of Hood, some big Russian mobster he worked for. Hood is the name of the sheriff. We never learn what his real name is. Yes, yes. that's right. I imagine the, that will be the, in season four. The Russian mobster, of course, has the very intimidating name of Rabbit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. He's yes. great. <laughs> An He's, animal famous for running. It's been, <laughs> Ben Chaplin, is that the guy's an animal name? that's classically prey. Like it's like yeah. a, it's prey to almost every kind of species. Tough to catch when scared. <laughs> <laughs> and he's supposed to be the most intimidating, scariest dude ever. He's the most ferocious he's man. He's got his fingers ever. in everything. It all goes back to rabbit. He can get you anywhere. He's been looking for hood forever. So we're saying Russian mafia and that's not even the bad guy that's in town. Yeah, no, in he's Banshee. he's based out of New York. He's based no. out of New York, which they go to sometimes. for like two episodes, yeah. and they have the biggest gun showdowns you've ever seen. Well, that's in the in the pilot. He starts in New York City because he has to go. We haven't even. St- mentioned yet job job (laughs) all right so job is a third like one of the third leads yeah and job is a i don't know the proper terminology here but he is a man that dresses as a woman dressing so a trans person of sorts yeah yeah i don't know exactly where he falls i don't know what he identifies himself as or thyself he's like an asian american transvestite hacker Hacker, yeah, genius hacker who basically do anything. You can get but them out also, of any jam. you learn over the course of episodes, has insane weapon skills. Uh-huh. <laughs> a house completely rigged to explode on a button push, and yeah. talks like this, honey. <laughs> yeah. he. he is a Asian man who dresses like an Asian woman who talks like a ninety-year-old black Southerner woman, mm-hmm. right? And also, like, ooh, child. His fashion sense you, is very. 
very um like in your face yeah. and like he wears uh like doesn't he didn't he have a mohawk at one he, point he's always doing weird things to his head because he has yeah. a shaved head yeah. so he puts like weird wigs on or yeah. he paints leopard patterns it's on very his head. eccentric yeah yeah he's like you're gonna deal with me uh, and my stuff but he's also like the most and this is one of my favorite new tropes in television is the hacker who can get into any computer system anywhere <laughs> all the time right he's like closing yeah. and opening doors from like, to yeah. like he's like oh you're in the art museum okay well windows open to your left <laughs> yeah. it's like, how did you yeah. do that right. he's all he's basically their uh hood's parent too he's right. basically hood's mom <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like and he butts heads with uh a lot with to round out the rest of the gang sugar, sugar. yeah uh, mm-hmm. played by what's his name frankie Falzon? frankie faison frankie faison who is an great ex- character actor. <laughs> he's a former boxing champ <laughs> he's a former boxing champ who owns the, the aforementioned bar He's also an ex-con. Spotted Hood right away oh, yeah. knew this they guy's done some time in, inside. Yeah, in the pilot, he immediately go. He immediately knows that he's just gotten out of jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like and he doesn't that, know that he was. Uh, he just has DEA that vibe about and him. And that he needs yeah. a place to stay. Right. And wouldn't he you know it? A, there's a barn out back. <laughs> I'll tell you. I mean, I, Frankie Faison was in The Wire. Yeah, uh, and yeah. He's I, a great actor. I did not love him in The Wire, and I was trying to think about what because I think in this show he's great. I love Sugar. I love the character, and for some reason it just didn't totally work for me in The Wire. And I guess it's because he was supposed to be in The Wire, a sort of political lackey, but he's just too nice of a guy to come across that way. Right, right. right. And so in this, he does come across as a nice guy who's on Hood's side all the time. Yeah. And that totally works. (laughs) He's like a tough guy. Oh, yeah, he's he'll doing kick the right ass because he's a boxer. Yeah. Right, it's, but that, sometimes they make him very weak, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he's well, like, he to. may be supposed to be like 75 years yeah. old because uh, he, sometimes he, he gets have, very like, old very yeah, fast. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> <laughs> but he has to be because if if Hood is the. like the, If Hood's backstory makes sense, a. a Former heavyweight boxer is nobody on the new sliding scale of Banshee. Banshee, a former fucking heavyweight boxer, is a one. Hood is like a ten, <laughs> and because Hood has had seven lives, he's right. got like the, you know he's tr- like he's gotten seven completely different lifestyles of fighting. And somewhere around nine is you know probably the second most important character we need to mention, Kai Proctor. Kai Proctor. Kai yes. Proctor has been excommunicated from the Amish community. He was the <laughs> son of like the leader of the Amish people, <laughs> and and started. Started dabbling in some bad stuff, so now they don't talk to him, even though he still kind of protects their ways. Yeah. He owns a butcher shop, which means he can basically get rid of bodies whenever he wants. Right? And yeah, he owns a slaughterhouse. Yeah, he. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he owns. Yeah, sorry, not a not a butcher shop. <laughs> that would be a really funny way to try to yeah, get away. He's just like, with the can big I get glass you a pound of turkey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and he's another guy who can just beat the shit out of anybody at any time. Yeah, they'll like, show him bare hands fighter. Yeah, training yeah. on training those, like, those wooden, those wooden dojo, tree yeah, yeah. Kung Fu dumbbells. Where he's uh-huh. just bare hands like making his arms bleed from every spot by and he like, has beating them up. a giant Celtic uh, crucifix tattoo on, on his, his back. back. Yeah. yeah, And he is... Uh, fucking his niece. Yeah, there's like an there's point. an Amish very fetish, yeah, and then there's also point. like an incest thing with him. <laughs> He's got, a but lot he does going defend on. the Amish. Like in the for, again in the pilot, there's a moment where Hood has just gotten to town, and one of the other cops is showing him around, and they come across some guys who are who are abusing some Amish guys by calling them Dutchies. <laughs> 
<laughs> Kai Proctor basically kicks their asses and says, don't ever use that word. God, I love this show so much. I, I, it's so ridiculous, yet I am along with it the whole yeah. ride, which I don't know another show that does it no, as well. I, I, again, I think it's just because those two guys, I forget their names, uh, Greg Gaitanis and, and Jonathan Tropper. Jonathan Tropper is like Jonathan the Tropper, author creator. Yeah. I feel like they just went, you know what? Let's fucking have as much fun as we possibly can with this show. Yeah, it's like, would it be fun to watch on TV? Yes, then we will do it. Right, like, exactly. And there's some scenes in between that are a little boring carrie hopewell's husband's a real dud <laughs> oh, also yeah. ex-military yeah and he becomes the mayor because the mayor is blown up in a building because he's there by him in a the mayor who by the way is like 12 years old right and yeah. that's like the premise and is he that was he's like closeted gay <laughs> it was something complicated but this is also what i love about the show i feel like they painted themselves in a corner with that character and they were so like they just fuck like, it let's just get rid yeah. of it. They yeah. did the same they thing with, up. They with do it all the time. Hood's son. Yeah. The real Hood's kid shows, shows up, up in the yeah. third yeah. and then yeah. he's fucking Dave Thomas's son. <laughs> what? That was Dave Thomas's son. Oh, really? <laughs> CTV, yeah. In real life? Yeah, Harry Thomas. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. He's like, my son's going to be on Banshee. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. We, I, I was super jealous. Wait, do uh, you have... It's a great role. Do you uh, have an in with that guy? Let's get let's we, get uh, Henry Thomas on the show. Harris, to, yeah, we should. Yeah, Harrison Thomas is his name? Yeah, Harry Thomas, yeah. We, yeah, I think we could. <laughs> yeah. um, so the but they, they have it, and they also have a lot of one off characters still, even though they're doing this big arc. They will just, I mean, that fat suit villain. I was oh, just thinking the God, same thing. From like the guy, last season. The guy whose office is in an 18 wheeler driving <laughs> around the country. That's a reveal, right? Doesn't he wake up and you think he's in an yeah. office building right. somewhere and, and then, then they, they open, pan out and they, it's the back of a flatbed truck? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, oh, he kicks the door open and he's yeah, he hanging out the back of the truck. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to get out of this door. Speeding down the highway. <laughs> and he's like, you're gonna fuck And it's fuck. because this guy is just too fat to be comfortable traveling commercially. So he just has an office set up inside and they an didn't 18 get a fat guy. Yeah. No, no, no. It's in a huge yeah. fat suit. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. so It, was it so looks great. like a fucking cartoon. Uh-huh. It looks like Fat Bastard. From, he, was, uh, yeah. he looks like he the was guy my from favorite Austin villain. Because that was also a bottle episode that Not really connected that to any of the other supervillains or crime syndicates we've met. The only thing that was important in that episode was that there was an FBI agent who had figured out that Hood was not. And he's that dude. Right. He's the dude from True Blood who's amazing. I, I've never he, seen. Oh, was he the smoking guy? The smoking FBI. No, no, no that guy was FBI different. Guy. He right. was cool as that's well. Slavko, whatever his Another name, like, like or whatever. Yeah, Slavko yeah. Ivyak, who's like a guy. Who's oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like his his protege or something. Right, it was a guy who worked okay. with him. But the guy, uh, the guy who uh, knows who Hood is, the guy who is in that Fat Guy episode, plays like the king of the vampires on True Blood. And I can't remember his name, but he is so campy and over the top mm-hmm. on that. I was so pumped when he appeared, and he was exactly. He was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So wait, is he the one who has like too much makeup on all the time? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's good. (laughs) And so so we're throwing around one-off characters too. Let's keep uh, going because they're the regular recurring. So Kai Proctor, who we discussed, has Mm -hmm. a niece who's getting into the crime world. It's the same girl who was in um, True True Detective, Detective. Lily Simmons. Who said, uh, who says to Woody Harrelson, I'll let you fuck me in my ass, which is like her highlight line from True Detective. Mm -hmm. And uh, not for me. (laughs) Yeah, well, for me it was. (laughs) (laughs) You liked when she was just like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, there was a great greeting that she gave that was so authentic. 
authentic. <laughs> Did she say, fuck me in my ass? I'll let you do that. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember. Um, sh- and so th- she's she's becoming, now towards the end of this, a crime boss. Then there's the Native American family that owns the casino. and They're at war with Kai Proctor a yeah. little bit. Yes, just yes. Like, who's going to be the crime syndicate that rules Banshee right. is kind of the question. Right. Well, Kai kind of has a deal with... The, the chief, yeah, yeah. they're sort the of chief. at a date. Who passes away? Right, right, and then they they want the younger generation wants more power or get less. Yeah, the son over. doesn't see how beneficial that relationship with Kai is, and right. now it's going to be a showdown. And there's a lot of stuff where like they appear to all be able to get to each other at any time and like appear in each other's homes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, but nobody like kills anyone until it's time. Right. But everyone does get killed. Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing. So I was watching this show like concurrently with watching Sons of Anarchy, which I really liked for the first couple of seasons. It got bad. It got real bad. But part of it was Banshee could like... They can do it. For literally could pull the trigger. Like It's so great. So many times in Sons of Anarchy, a group of people all put down their guns because they're like, all yeah. right, all right, right, no one gets shot. In Banshee, everyone The does. Mayans are going to get the Niners yeah. to make sure that- <laughs> Brown they- doesn't kill yellow. <laughs> Black kills brown. And yellow they- lives. White dies. It's like, what are you guys- <laughs> and they- Let's not forget yeah. red. <laughs> and they make they make the Sons like- t- a little too good, like at some points where they yeah. always have to break everybody. Like there's no, there's none of that in Banshee. Yeah, in I don't Sons watch of Anarchy- that trash. I only watch Banshee. <laughs> yeah, Sons of Anarchy has like those moments where like you got to see uh, Jax be like, we don't kill kids. You know, like just yeah. they, like some arbitrary rule that makes them still good guys. Hood has an almost nothing. It's that- completely unpredictable. Anybody could kill anybody except you know Hood's going to Anyone but Hood is on the table at yeah. all times. And that's I would why, not be shocked. That's why I'm so pumped for them to make a last season when they know it's their last season. Yeah. yeah. Everybody is going to die, dude. Everybody is going to die. Well, when and then so that Indian chief's son like he sort of is the bad you know bad guy figure from that tribe for a little while and then they sort of realize he's kind of lame and boring and they bring in his badass sister who's way cooler and then they, they introduce never really, they never the really do anything dude. with her yeah right. they didn't they couldn't really figure out what to do with her they were just like well what if it's no, a then sexy they get, chick then they get chayton but then they get chayton who is oh he's unbelievable amazing. and they totally change what the like indian reservation's Agenda is right. it's no longer about the casino or money. the land. No, yeah. now it's, it's about, about like the purity of their bloodline. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and let's not forget that what that leads to is an attack on an army convoy by a Native American with a bow and arrow. <laughs> he yes. shoots a ar- he shoots a army ranger or a green beret th- with a bow and arrow through. <laughs> who's driving a fucking the guy's like, got truck? Maybe the deepest voice I've ever yes. heard on it's TV. So awesome! It sounds fake. It's yeah. so good. It well, sounds a, like I think he's a singer. I think he's actually like a, a bait like he has yeah like in- a classically trained singer I believe that's true <laughs> um, by the way to describe Chayton he is 6 foot 6 400 huge, pounds of muscle huge, never yeah. seen with a shirt on no. has a like shaved head like, he has, covered like, in tribal tattoos covered in tribal tattoos has like a cartoon Apache haircut like it's right. like shaved into right. just the ponytail and he is 
so badass. And the second you see him, they tease a little fight between him and Hood, and then you're like, these two motherfuckers. The first, the first time they go to the gang that Chayton is in is called the Red Bones. <laughs> and the first time the cops go to the Red Bones gang headquarters, when Hood ends up fighting Chayton, at one point, Chayton pulls a huge fucking knife out and slices his own stomach open <laughs> and then attacks Hood. <laughs> like, like he's just giving the- his knife a taste of blood before and he does attacks yeah. Hood. Also, Hood tase the fuck out of Chayton. Twice. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't, it doesn't affect him. No. Oh, oh, yeah. And yeah. he also, there's a lot of moments where he sort of, wi- this Hood, who you've seen defeat everyone with mm-hmm. his bare hands, winds up for a big punch, and there's sort of the cartoon, like, you know, his hand Thunk. becomes like a yeah, fucking right. spring or whatever. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> wow, like I'm pretty <laughs> sure Chayton rolled a car over while he was in the back seat. He rolled a cop car while he was locked up in the back, right? Yes. Just yeah. by shifting his weight back and forth a lot, <laughs> yeah. he got to roll over. You, you're talking about the moment when he started singing his war chant. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. That also yeah, might was. have been moving the car a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely uh, the power well, of the chant. You just made me think of something funny about Hood. Hood, like you were saying the timeline is weird before. I, I thought you like you meant like his backstory. But also the timeline of the episodes, like Hood is nearly dead when he wins at the fight. And then the next episode usually picks up like a minute later. <laughs> like, it's, and it's like, classic. And he gets up and he's like, oh, I'm so. And they the, do the action movie thing of just giving him like one Band-Aid that's on what his yeah. right, right. He wraps his hand. <laughs> he has like gauze around his hand for like the last season for like four episodes. And it's like, that's the. In- and it doesn't slow him down at all. But that's the injury they demonstrate is like a little hand like gauze around a his hand, hand wrap yeah or he'll have like a cut on his cheek as he's filling out paperwork in the sheriff's office because lest we forget he still has to do the he's duties the of town. a sheriff yeah so he's doing all this other shit and that's what's crazy that's when it gets really nuts for me and what i like even more about is when he starts doing heists with his old gang so not only is he a sheriff who's like running a town he's also Salary. butting heads yeah he's he's a he's a, uh, a city employee <laughs> he's and then he's butting heads with every crime boss uh, and fighting all of them from both the standpoint of I'm a good guy that needs to protect this town and if I'm a bad guy you crossed me and he's dealing with like his past and he's in a dealing lot of with ways. his past and then he starts doing heists like to add a whole nother yeah. layer and rolls they just sh- open an episode they've never mentioned him doing a heist like yeah. couple, he's yeah, just he's like just suddenly just like it. in the tunnels of the art museum <laughs> right. with like a bag of diamonds <laughs> and he's like I need an opening how do I get out of here <laughs> that and then there's the episode that just opens with them driving a in pickup the, truck, the truck backwards yeah. 70 uh, miles an hour yes. up into a fucking armored car well, and the way they do those stunts is really great like it's it's you know that whole sequence was amazing it looks if you're not doing huge explosions like movies always do mm-hmm. you you can the, the bu- tv budget isn't crazy for like fun fights and car yeah, stuff right. it's very it like it only shows like something has a giant explode. sewer it's gonna look awesome right <laughs> He's also a guy who does things his way. Like, he does not stand on ceremony. Like, one of my favorite got episodes code, yeah. is when those guys take those kids hostage in the school. Oh, yeah. And there's a these, school shooting episode. All the <laughs> cops are already there. He's not there for some reason, which I won't get into, but he, uh, he eventually makes it there, and the cops are sort of in a standoff with these guys. And he just like barges past them and goes into the school. He's like, just, I'm going to take care of this. Like, <laughs> There's so many moments where the rest of the cops are like, you can't do yeah, that. Exactly. And he's like, 
Yes. He just I shakes can. his head and keeps going. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, he doesn't say yeah, anything. Right. <laughs> just goes like, can't do what? Yeah, like, he, there's like jokes like that, too, where he walks into a room and comes out with the thing that everyone, like, they're like, he's got a machine gun in there. And then, like, everyone's standing outside. Hood walks in, you hear like a ruckus, and he walks out and puts the machine gun on the table right. and, like, yeah. walks past. You son of a bitch. There's yeah. a full on assault on Precinct 13 episode. Yeah. Well, also, the cop, the second the, co- the second in command cop, <laughs> Matt who Trevino. should have? Yeah, who Matt should Trevino. have become right. the the sheriff? He feels it's not corrupt at all. Rock. They yeah. did not need to go outside of town. Right, he <laughs> wants it to be done the right way. <laughs> and so let's talk about that character because I love that dude a lot, Matt. Brock? Trevino. Yeah, Brock. Yeah. He he in the first episode is sort of like the fu- in the first season he's sort of like the fun stopper, like Hood. No, and he's the guy that Hood he's, has to he's avoid. To- that he got passed over, right? Too. He's, and, yeah. and he's a straight laced cop. Yeah. He's like, and, but it's funny actually. It ends up every other cop is actually just very good no one is corrupt at all <laughs> no it is, yeah. My, well, i do love when they did the episode of hood imagining what would have happened if he wouldn't have become the if sheriff and going. how great everything yeah. in the town yeah. would have been <laughs> he, just, he just smiles yeah. at the girl yeah instead of fucking her yeah. <laughs> um but that guy matt servito i feel like and I, I we have some friends that know him and i try to get him on an episode he by the third season is like he must have said to the guys like I'm tired of being the boring cop. Yeah. He by the third season he has a full beard. The first time we see him is in a strip club getting a lap dance with like titties in his face. And in that season he kills sixty dudes. Him <laughs> he himself who's just been a layman cop this whole time is now like he's like fuck it we don't boys in blue and it's like he's got a shot. Yeah, there's that bro- big moment where like Hood's on his way to some showdown that like dude it could stop him from going to right. and it's like well what are you gonna do and he like cocks his shotgun and goes like they mess with the wrong to, sheriff's to department to be fair they did set that up a little bit in the first season when they raid the strip club <laughs> and they're going they're about to go into the strip club and Brock is like okay there's a dressing room in the back on the right, right, right. Go down the hallway on the left that's where the <laughs> yeah, DJ booth is and there's private booths and they're like how do you know all that yeah, he's yeah. like don't ask questions <laughs> <laughs> that strip club scene a few shootouts yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Full three gangs the meet there club. at one point, yeah. right? The the Latino gang, and I could be confusing this with Sons of Anarchy now, but I think the Latino gang runs into the white supremacy gang, and they have both have machine guns at fucking at the strip club, right? There's like a huge, and then the cops come in. There's one thing I no, want to mention. Sons of Anarchy. Uh, oh, yeah. That's just like maybe my, one of my favorite sequences from anything in season three. There's just like maybe six minutes of silence while every character you know is loading guns. <laughs> like, they're, like, loading weapons. Like, Hood's loading his weapons in the bar, and then, like, Carrie Hopewell's boring husband walks in, sees him doing it, right. shakes his head, walks out, and then you're like, what happened? He comes back in with a briefcase, a opens it, rifle. and it's a sniper rifle, <laughs> yeah. and he assembles it. And then you see, like, Kai, and everyone is just loading, and you're just like, yeah, it's the finale. We're getting ready for the fucking show. Like, everyone's gonna... And- that's what they. That's what the, Pull out all the, the creators know. The creators know that that's a trope that people who like action movies love. So There's good. a lot of training. There's a lot of like when when Hood is in prison and he wants to get he wants to uh, 
fight his way out. He knows he has to prove his toughness. He has to fight this guy, but he's hurt. He's weak. He broke mm-hmm. his hand. So he goes into solitary confinement, gets himself to put into solitary confinement, and then spends whatever it is, 60 days punching walls and doing push-ups. To strengthen himself. <laughs> to strengthen himself yeah. up to get out to fight the massive albino. It's fucking awesome. And let's not give away whether or not he defeats the albino. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't think, think so. I think we should maybe throw some spoilers in and a little bit like to get because if we tell people what happens in that albino fight i think that's going to make people want to watch the show you know that that scene again when i'm in the writer's room i show things on the tv sometimes (laughs) and it just so happens that almost every time the non-writing executive producer comes in the room we're watching something and one time it was that scene and he's like what the fuck are you guys watching you work on it like an animated show, yes. watching like a brutal fucking violent <laughs> sequence. Um, and uh, um, should we start talking about some of our favorite scene, favorite scenes and stuff like that? Sure. Maybe not yep. into context of like storylines and stuff, but just to get people get people excited about stuff. Okay, I went first. The loading gun stuff. So the loading gun stuff was awesome. All You're right. done. You don't have yeah. to put me on the spot. <laughs> like, right. Maybe everybody else could share a scene. Here, here's here's a great moment. We talked about how he kills those guys robbing the bar in the first episode. Mm -hmm. The way he kills one of the guys is puts an A1 steak sauce bottle in the dude's mouth and then hammer fists it down his throat, breaking his teeth and killing him. Is it in that same sequence, doesn't somebody get shot through the hand and then like hold their hand up and look through the The hole? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. That's fucking cool. And the other thing that someone picks up a chair... And Hood hits the chair, and the they show a close up of the stool going like into his face. Yeah, that was like that whole scene. I was like, this feels like a graphic novel. Like it feels right. like they came up with a bunch of images of like the end of the violence, and then you just sort of get there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it was cool. That was a great, and that's in the first episode. So the third episode we discussed that if you're gonna if you're gonna try to get into it, watch the first three episodes. In the third episode, an MMA fighter is in town. He's the UFC champion or whatever. He he's rapes- also a fucking asshole, right? He's and like, like it, it, shitty to women. Didn't he like rape somebody? Yeah, he rapes or sexually. Yeah, assaults he assaults someone. some woman. Almost every man who like- visits the town rapes someone. Yeah, <laughs> right, a lot they, of serial they, they rapists. They have to just make guys be so instantly bad. bad. So they show up and they kill a woman or rape a, a woman immediately upon arriving in the town. The school so- shooter guys are in there with like young kids, and it's like they're definitely evil. They've definitely done all this bad <laughs> stuff. And then you see one of them he just like eyeballing <laughs> like thirteen year old. You're like, well, no, he oh, goes, we're no, going. It's, yeah. it's the mayor's wife, like the mayor. Oh, is, is he doing? Uh, in my memory, there's like a stuff. kid that you oh, think right. he's gonna like start. I think there is a lot of. Like, oh, I think it's just like he's eyeballing them in weird ways. Yeah, and she yeah. doesn't she uh, like sacrifice herself? Like, to yes, save the kids? she's like, that's what yeah, rape me, not the children, right? Um, <laughs> and and you know they rarely if they get away with it it's not for long because Hood is coming in with and, some street justice and this MMA fighter and fi- Hood fights him at like a catering event Hood fights in him front in front of, of like the whole crowd. town yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and he breaks the dude's fingers one individually by one, one yeah. by one on one hand yeah dude it's fucking awesome when he well let's not forget the episode where the bat the her her father Carrie's father's rabbit henchman Oleg finds Carrie. Oh yeah, wow. that's a great fight. And they somehow they get the drop on him. He's the bad guy. He's there to kill Carrie or take her back to the rabbit or whatever. 
They get the drop on him. They handcuff him to a post in Hood's apartment. (laughs) And then Hood goes off somewhere, leaving this guy with Carrie. And she goes through a whole thing of like, this happened and this happened. You can't. And she goes, what do you think? And he goes, I think you should run. And holds up his hands because he's gotten out of his handcuffs. And then the rest of the episode. It's the B story. It's it's, it's like five different scenes. The timeline is that they fought for a day and a half. Beating yeah. the shit out of each other. Like they just keep coming back and they're bloodier and more beaten. They like agree to take a break, basically. Yeah. Like they, they both do, yeah. sit down and are like catching their breath, being like, this is it's a fucked up fight. It's either episode seven or episode eight of season one. And the, you're right. It's the, it's B, the B story. story. Like is Hood is doing everything. And every time they w- where they normally would yes. cut to like Phoebe at Central Perk, they right. just cut to a guy hitting a woman with a two by four right, did the right. sequence when he gets a piece of the fucking like rafters down uh-huh. and she's bent over and he's fucking hitting like he's just there's no there's nobody gives a shit oh, by the way you want to talk about like uh feminism no one gives a shit what gender you are it is like in terms of fighting everything yeah. is fair to <laughs> but him. she gives as good as she gets yeah. right that's the thing that's yeah. well they, yeah he shouldn't be soft playing her right. i mean right. there's like he's four, gonna lose four of the most <laughs> badass characters are ch- chicks like the yeah. The fucking Native American woman who squares off against awesome. Proctor's second-hand man mm-hmm. is one of the best fights. He, that's the one that's like one shot sort of as well. And they, they fight it's all with scalpels. One shot. I mean, and it's it, not really, but right. it looks like it's all one shot. Yeah. And the thing about that fight, and to, while we're just <clears throat> spoiling shit, the thing that's awesome about that fight is that he's the way it opens is he's just casually closes the trunk of his car, takes three steps, and you hear... And you're like, what? And he stops, and a fucking tomahawk hits the wall in front of him. And all of a sudden... No, it goes into his shoulder. Oh, it goes into his shoulder, right? It hits him. Yeah, you think he's dead. Yeah, Um, But you see it, too. Right. He he looks towards the woods, and you just see this object. And you have no idea what it is. And then all of a sudden, he has a tomahawk in his Uh, shoulder. One great thing about the format of the show is that it, it pays off earlier than most shows normally do. Right. The, so yeah. there's a huge payoff, and then you realize there's another 20 minutes. Uh, and so they build up to some other really wild payoff, and somehow they keep topping themselves. Which yeah, that's right. They me. do. Uh, I talked to someone who wrote for the show, and he was saying that like their sort of story format is that like if it's a whatever a sixty minute show, that like by minute forty, your whole a story should be resolved, and uh, everything you set up in the beginning should be done, and then the last twenty minutes is used to like get you stoked on the next episode. Right. It's sort of like split like where it's like the monster of the week thing t- gets taken care of and then they move on to like the season long story yes in a way. and then yeah. they're like, just sort of setting up dominoes yeah, right. yeah but they just throw a lot of gas on the fire in the last 20 minutes that it's like the show's insane <laughs> yeah yeah there's fucking full-on there is so there's been it's three 10 episode seasons that's 30 episodes there's been seven to nine full-on eight-person armed raids of assorted (laughs) buildings and organizations. (laughs) Like, in the course of this show, it's got to take place over a a few months and that there's been, like, five separate times the cops or the bad guys or whoever get 20 people fully armed with automatic weapons and raid another building that's being defended by they just know the art they just know the action sequences people love and they've mm-hmm. some they just successfully uh, put out this fuck it whatever attitude and it works like i always bring up um i i've talked to you about this <laughs> about the background whoever is in charge of uh, Casting these background actors, it's so funny because they keep adding new elements to the town. Of at first, it was just 
all Amish people walking behind all the main characters. Right. And then when they did, they added them. Apparently, there's an army base a couple miles away. <laughs> then that season, now there's army guys in every shot. There's like guys in. <laughs> they uniforms. did that right when the Native Americans started coming yeah. around. They started to have to like throw in like a Native American guy grabbing a drink and walking <laughs> away from the bar. And then when the white supremacists yeah. were introduced, which is introduced the, concurrently with the army base. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Yeah. There's two, two full <laughs> new communities by season three. Every shot has it's like a cartoon there's a native american guy walks by then an army guy then a nazi <laughs> then an amish guy then, an, yeah, amish then guy. an amish guy yeah and then an albino bodybuilder <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then there's also like a a new cop who is a very polite former neo-nazi who kind of hooks great the character entire that uh, great sheriff's department good into like yeah. the neo-nazi world yeah, yeah, that guy is great. I love He's that so guy. good, at, and I love they they had a like in order to really make sure you hit the neo Nazi stuff. They had a black cop who hated them, and then the black cop and his pregnant wife are gunned down to yeah. end an episode by neo Nazis. Just gunned down, alert. or do it's they get spoiler. like curbed? They get curbed, right? I don't know. I think they just get gunned down. No, they, yeah, it's don't they get killed in some hyper violent way? Like, isn't it even guns. beyond getting shot? Just guns. Yeah, it's just. Oh, I mean, the whole show is hyper violent. There's is no, the thing that I loved about that whole thing was so the the white supremacist guys are so nasty to the black cop. Yeah, mm. and he kind of takes it and takes it and takes it. But then they attack his pregnant wife, yeah. who, of course, spoiler alert, loses, loses the baby. <laughs> yeah, right. right? He's attacked mm-hmm. by... The- Meanwhile, <laughs> in another part of the town, <laughs> there's been a raid on Kai Proctor's house because they know he's keeping weapons in his basement. Now, not only is he keeping like submachine guns or whatever down there... He also has a cache of medieval type maces down there. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right, which right. Which they take he has to the police station. Flails and axes and yeah. maces and clubs. So and the black yeah. guy shows up at the police station <laughs> where the neo Nazis are in jail <laughs> and has this array of medieval weapons <laughs> to choose from <laughs> to fight them. <laughs> yeah. I remember that he drops a duffel bag and he's yeah. like, looks like he's I mean, at, it's just like. They're yeah. locked in a cell. They just caused a miscarriage in his wife. And he goes, he goes <laughs> and if you get. By me, crazy he goes, weapons. if you get by me, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> and he's holding like a like, like a, a fucking mace. morning star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, uh, and that's is that before or after we I, I, I touched on it a full on assault on precinct thirteen episode. That, I think where they are defending uh, their that, that's that comes after different that. episode, but yeah, um, they're, but that they're is a close. great episode. They are just uh, under attack. <clears throat> the the what's it called the, red the Chevy. Bones. What's it called? The, the caddy. Sh- the caddy. The caddy. Because the yeah. they're, the police station is a used car dealership. It's a it former Cadillac, Cadillac dealership, dealership, which is yeah. a very cool detail. I don't yes. know why. But <laughs> yes. It's great. But yeah. it's called the caddy. Yeah, they, called the they call caddy. it the caddy. Like, I don't know why. Because only you... the CAD and I are left on right. the sign right. on the building. <laughs> Can we also, in case people think we misspoke, Jonathan Tropper, who helped create it, <laughs> is the author of This Is Where I Leave You. Yes, the, and like, the writer director of the that like movie. Fam- yeah, the oh, family I mean, about like, sitting shiva, sitting shiva, <laughs> sort of dramedy. Yeah. I saw ben that Schwartz movie. Rabbi Boner. And it was not my favorite movie. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's I think a huge he was departure like, for him. 
Yeah, it just he just was like, fuck it, like let's go crazy. I, I think guess. his novels. I think before that though, he wrote a lot of crime novels. Like I, I listened to he he was on Coppelman's uh, podcast one mm-hmm. time, and he talked. To, I think I I didn't, haven't read anything by him, but I think it's a lot of like that hard boiled sort of like Liam Neeson uh, movie kind of characters. Right. I think maybe run. Run all night or or walk through the tombstones is either Jonathan Tropper or like of his ilk, like that, like his walk through the tombstones. By the way, just saying his name makes me think of his of his uh, production card, Tropper Inc. Yeah. And one thing I did not realize, and this is just a tip for people who start watching the show, one thing I did not realize until I was well into season two is that at the end of the credit sequence in every episode is another quick little scene of yes. something mm-hmm. having to do with that episode. Like yeah. I always just fast forwarded through it because I was watching it, uh, you know, I DVR'd every yeah, episode yeah. or whatever. But then I was like, holy shit, there's a whole series of stuff that I've completely missed. Right, yeah. Sometimes, just sometimes little peeks into stuff. other yeah. characters yeah. like doing like a total separate thing. Yeah. yeah. It's not necessarily story related except yeah. tangentially. You don't right, need yeah. it. It just fills in a detail. <clears throat> it's yeah, great. You like learn about Siobhan's like abusive ex or something right. like that. Siobhan. <laughs> Siobhan is the brunette cop. This is the way you got to describe all the women on the show. It's like the brunette hot chick with a gun. <laughs> who uh, I like earlier hard. you went, and you want to talk about feminism? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now I'm saying hot chicks. Like, I mean, also, who are you responding yeah. to? In that yeah. Pretty well, much every. I think everybody in this show is very sexy. I think regardless of gender. I mean, like Hood all, is yeah. fucking magnificent. Hood's a I, fucking I, stud. I, man. I don't agree. Like I, when I first started watching the show, I was like. This guy's kind of funny looking. Like he's, you know, he's a New Zealand actor who had been in like comedies and stuff over there. Oh, really? And he's like a Kiwi, and he had been in like goofy comedies, and he had kind of a stupid haircut. He just seems and then goofy he just looking got to me. cast in this American show as the biggest fucking badass. He oh, is, what, a, what he, a dream! He come does have. Oh God, that's a dream. I, I that's my only hope comedian. is to play a four year old yeah. like aging. <laughs> we all fat. moved to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> I think I figured out. What, I, I see the connection here. <laughs> Do I tell the story now of when I ran into him? Yes. and the um and and the lead actress from the show uh, yeah <laughs> they were in who uh, was like a, a supermodel at one time right I, she certainly looks like it I she's think. been in one episode of every tv show ever made if you look at her imdb <laughs> credit she's got like 58 credits but it's all like one episode like played like again? the I, babe it's, it's, like a, it's like an eastern european name i can't right. remember yeah i can't remember it right now um but, she's but awesome. yeah it's like milana Ivanisevic or something it's like something weird right. but she um she walked in with hood to like a clothing store Surreal. on larchmont and i'm just i'm and it's so small and i'm standing like two feet from them and i'm that's with where my, you always hang out it's those clothing stores on yeah Marchmont, i'm right? just there being like <laughs> doing are your these thing. jeans <laughs> <laughs> excuse me <laughs> Do you Sir, have please these? leave. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, I'm in there with my wife. It was next to the juice place where I get juice sometimes. Um, and she, like, my wife is a lot more forward about talking to people who she's a fan of than I am. Like, I'm just, like, going to notice them and walk by. And she right. goes, like, hey... And she justified it later too because it was during season one when it was like no one was watching yeah. this fucking show. Right, except and she you. was just like, <laughs> yeah, it was just me. And she was like, hey, we really love your show. Like, we watch it. We have like we host people. Like, we have a group I, of friends that all love it. <laughs> you used to have us over on Friday. Yeah, nights. we have yeah. people come over to watch it. And uh, 
she is so sweet about it. She's just like, oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. Yeah. And he just goes like, yeah, we all get together and watch it too. We fucking jerk off to ourselves. <laughs> I put it on. I see myself and I jack off. I didn't know if he was like embarrassed about how much sexual stuff was in the show, which it's way less as the series goes on. Right. Yeah. It's more violence, way more sex. Yeah. There's not nearly as much sex. So those Kiwis are just very down to earth. Yeah. You know? like, but he's just like, he's like, oh yeah, you like watching me? And he's like, you're watching me fuck people. That's what you're watching, I guess, is what he's responding right, to. Right. But just in my face, just like, yeah, I watch myself and I jerk off. And I was like, oh, thank you. That's uh, funny also, like, because I feel like you could lose all the fucking stuff and it would not change the show at all. No, not no. at all. I don't think, I think so. it was just a, I think it was a, a like referendum thing. or something. Yeah, it was yeah. like, once a show, once yeah. an episode, yeah. somebody's going to fuck for like the first 12 episodes that's true and then it's kind of like every three or four right we yeah. have our audience so we yeah. don't really need that it anymore. never surprised me that there was fucking in the show but it always went on a beat longer than i expected it that's <laughs> the thing because it because it, that's another thing i like about it it really does make you feel like you're watching a 90s action uh-huh. movie because there's a sex scene but the sex scene is a touch too long not there's like a couple more thrusts than you thought there and the other thing be. that banshee does and um i'll throw a strike back in there too strike back is another Cinemax show that's Banshee but with guns and less creative. But, but Strike Back highly recommended as well. Highly stri- highly recommend Strike Back. But they f- they show the first pump not like show it but they show both parties faces on the first pump which is that like both parties are like oh oh Oh, you know, like just to get it to the end of that first moment. You it's guys like, can't see this, but John looks really sexy. Right yeah, now. and I just fucking dampened the inside of my underwear. But he, they With fucking, shit. they yeah. <laughs> shit myself on that list. The first pump always you take a tiny yeah. shit. You Old got little it. Shit called the out. little death, right? Sex fact, yeah, <laughs> the little death. But the they, pressure squeezes a little shit out of your asshole. Graph and true it's like, pleasure. Cinemax shows these are action shows that show dudes going down on women. It's yeah. Just like, like you don't see in fucking any movie where like a guy is just eating a girl. You don't see anything. You know, oh, also Hood has a exposed shower. It's just like a shower. Right. There's no actual shower. He has like a shower it's head just in like a room. shower head in his bedroom. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, and his his bedroom is a barn attic, so you could be in a wide shot and see him fucking in his bed like that. Like- He's got a perfect torso because there's a beam that he does pull ups on. Right, in his home. Like that. There's also a heavy bag in his living room. Uh-huh. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's just a beam, heavy bag, shower uh, head, and, and a, then and they bed. always in the first season they haven't done it a lot in the s- second and third seasons, I think. But in the first season, they would always show him just like sprinting through the woods alongside a lake with no. <laughs> No story aspect. It was just him, like in bare feet, sprinting through the woods. Oh wow! To yeah. demonstrate was that his not... capacity, for... I guess. Yeah. yeah, like that he was working out or something. Right. It's like one of those things where they have to like start retroactively justifying. Like, why stuff. is he in such good shape? Yeah. Yeah. So that's he why they drinks cr- eighty glasses of whiskey a day. Yeah. yeah, he drinks like Jameson by the bottle. He comes, yeah, he comes in at eleven o'clock in the morning, and Sugar's like, sure. "I got this one." Yeah. Also, in then keep... he goes to work as a cop. Yeah. In keeping with the like, they it's wrap so up. Awesome. They wrap up stories in episodes like by minute forty. Like they end season one, and you're kind of like, 
I don't know where they go because they have taken care of everything yeah. they introduced. And you're like, wow, that was awesome. What a satisfying end of the season. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what happens. And I remember thinking like, you know what's going to happen? Somebody's going to figure out that he's not who he says he is. And that'll be the season two arc. And that was kind of true. But there was also four other things. Yeah. <laughs> and they all wrapped up too. <laughs> They create a it's character. It's not lost. That's, like they're like we're gonna come up with more. Yeah, they're not precious. They create like, an insane character that you're like, holy shit, this is so exciting. It's but and because it's TV, you're like they're gonna run this through, and you're gonna get so tired of it. But instead, that character's around for three episodes, has six awesome fight scenes, and is brutally killed in the sixth fight. Remember the blind black crime lord who was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah. who like doused oh, yeah. Kai in gasoline, uh-huh. and you were like, oh, this. How have I never seen this guy yet? (laughs) He seems to be the most important character in the show. Yeah. Yes. To to be fair, he was from out of town. Yeah. Yeah, They do so many weird justifications where it's like, guess who's in town? It's like, if you. Everyone in Banshee is like this most insane elite level good guy or bad guy. And then it's like, coming down from Philly. It's like, oh shit, that's a real city. And it's like, is there a hood, but like proxy? But then around the same time, and it might have even been the same episode. Where the guys, and I forget what, I don't remember if they were Guatemalans or they were from somewhere in South America, Mm -hmm. but they were also selling drugs and they were involved with the (laughs) youth selling drugs. And they give one of the guys, they give one of the guys a sword, basically a samurai That's after everyone's loading their guns for like five minutes. The first person to get killed just gets chopped with a sword. And then he uses it. Like they raid somewhere <laughs> and he attacks some dude with his samurai sword. Yeah, everyone else has a gun that within eyesight, and there's like hundreds of people with guns that are around, and he just like chops somebody with a sword. It's like, I could get used to this. Yeah. <laughs> He's very good with it. <laughs> Wait, from, uh, like I'm the having... problem was access to a sword for him, <laughs> not his ability to use one. <laughs> Well, he'd never bought a sword before because he was too busy getting tattoos on his face. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so help me remember this because I'm remembering parts of this. They go to a church in Brooklyn. Yeah. But does right. Hood go and meet up with like a big fat Asian guy who is his like gun hooker? Oh, he's not yeah. Asian. He's actually African American. Yeah. But he wears Asian garb. That's what it is. Chinatown. He's a yeah. big fat black dude who lives right. in China. Fat Al. Fat Al. And he, his, he old, gets... his old crew. Another whole separate timeline <laughs> yeah. of his backstory. Yes, but they get like a belt fed M16 machine yes. gun, right? They get like a fucking Call well, of go, Duty weapon. Then yeah. they go to the church <laughs> and it looks like all hope is lost <laughs> and then in bursts Fat Al and his crew to back up Hood in this moment. I mean, it's I just like the Al. extra layer of the police department being catty. Like every character you meet for even a line they're just is so well drawn. Yeah. 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 Like they have an entire backstory for them yeah. and you get a glimpse from just like right, he fat, wears Asian garb. Fat and it's Al like, would there's be a, a reason character in like Bad Boys Three. You know, you would see him like twice for two minutes. Like they put these characters that are those fun, like 
like I always think of the dude in Tango and Cash. Like I think it is Clint Howard or whoever the guy who makes them like their gadgets at the end. There's always a character like that in every movie, right? But in I love in like in this show, a it's Q. Always, yeah, he's like a Q type. But there's always a dude who needs to be around for like 15 minutes of the episode, and they right they just fucking paint him so deep where you're like, yeah, what? you're like, okay, Fat Al was like somehow adopted into like the Asian crime syndicate, <laughs> right. and he's like a high ranking no explanation, but it <laughs> makes sense. And yeah. you, but you just yeah. you know that yeah. from seeing him for right, a, you're right, like right. okay that's his story and like. that's also around the time and it's it's another great series of scenes where uh job is in the hospital and rabbit sends some guys to kill him at the hospital and they show up dressed as r- basically russian orthodox priests <laughs> so there's two priests walking around the hospital trying to kill him while Hood and Carrier there trying to save them. I mean, it just, it's. There's, right, every episode has two plots that would be a shitty action movie. Right. Like, and they combine them all into one hour. Oh, everyone can learn so much from watching the show. Please yes. start watching this so show. So please start watching. Oh. So season one of Banshee is on Netflix. Yes. So you can stream it. At least get started on that. That's, uh, and I think it's and also on have, Amazon. If you have... Um, Cinemax. Cinemax, it's on demand. All yeah. three seasons All are three seasons demand. are on demand. And the Cinemax has like an HBO Go type app if you need to do something a little sketchy to get your friend's login or something like that. Gabrus like, will give you his password. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to announce my uh, I'm gonna announce my PayPal password your... on Twitter. <laughs> Ask him in your iTunes. <laughs> Review. <laughs> so, fat narcissistic. What's your yeah. <laughs> you, fat, yeah. you fat pig? All you do is talk about yourself. And what's your Cinemax login? <laughs> uh, so, I, I I think we jumped around enough to get people excited to try to watch. We definitely this show. spoiled some things, but I think if people start from the beginning. There's no I think some of the spoilers could... should make people curious. Yeah, and also, I, I, I think... there's no way you remember all these things in the sequence in which they happen. And also, mm-hmm. nothing nothing is a twist. Like, that's the other thing, is like, so many surprises, but it's not like a finding out a character dies is a spoiler in a weird way, mm-hmm. because I'm telling you now, everybody gets yeah. killed. No the experience of watching the show is the joy of the show. Like, there's right. not some, yeah, there's like, intellectual puzzle you're trying it's to figure like out. It's not like Lost or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. There's not a deeper meaning. There's not, like, once you hit episode 10, everything, you go back and you're like, whoa, right. oh, oh, I can, okay. It's just fun. Yeah, it's literally just one of the most fun shows on television. So we, I should probably say this here: if there is people who are into this, we're going to try to do a recap show, like little mini episodes of High and Mighty about each episode of Banshee, and then hopefully we'll start fucking abusing some connections or harassing these people on Twitter, and we can get some of these cast members and producers and shit on this podcast to talk so if you're if you're listening to this podcast because you work on banshee in some capacity or you have friends that work on banshee in some capacity hit me up on twitter at john gabris and let's get these motherfuckers in here because we're we're fancy boys <laughs> yeah well total fan total fanchies. <laughs> we're total fanchies and we're down so if you if this is not enough of an inspiration to, if this conversation wasn't enough Watch the fourth season along with us. We'll be coming back each week. Some version of us, whoever's around, whoever's available, um, whoever doesn't give up on this only, stupid that's idea. Only three or four weeks away, right? It's only three or four weeks. Yeah. So this episode will probably come out next Wednesday. So it's like two weeks away. So you have thirty hours of television to watch. Yeah, it's not hard. It's, it's really not hard. It's gonna fly by. It flies by, and I want everyone tweeting. Uh, so I hate to dig back in, but the most visually innovative show. 
on TV, yeah. right? Like yeah. the a lot things of cuts. they the style stuff they do. The style and the stuff way they, they do like is awesome. Cut to flashbacks and stuff is so unique. Because episodes are also Even sort of credit genre sequence. Like I don't ever watch credit yeah. sequences, and on this show I enjoy watching the credit sequence. Yeah. Because there's just cool shit that happens within it's it. It's so awesome. And it's like some episodes are genre y and it's reflected in the style of production design and decorating. Sometimes when stuff is boring that they have to tell you, they chop it up. And right. put it in between other scenes. So, like, Kai will be, like, sitting at his mother's bedside like she's in hospice But it's or intercut whatever. him fucking inter- a black prostitute. Yes. Yeah. yes, they cut in, like, little things of, like, what he's thinking. Or how just the way they show you, like, him, they, like, cut up him, like, walking in and carrying her in from the street. Or so, and it's just like, oh, shit. Like, this, yeah, they do which is, this would be which such an a interesting bland thing scene. As far as a writing problem of, like, how do we get this exposition out in a way <laughs> yeah. that doesn't sound exposition? Like, Game of Thrones yeah. does the cool shit where, like, Littlefinger is, like, fingering a girl while he explains something you know? or like if you think about the wire there's that great scene in the wire where the task force is getting together for the first time and lieutenant daniels is explaining exactly what they're doing there they're down in the basement mm-hmm. meanwhile there's two guys off screen fixing pipes so you just hear the guys go frank can you hear me yeah. they're like interrupting the meeting and lieutenant daniels is trying to keep a straight face and give this exposition which he does but meanwhile these guys are like bobby come on here give me the pipe i said the thing like, Dude, Banshee does so much shit well. So uh, why don't we go around and uh, so Sean, what, uh, you got anything you want to plug? Your Hollywood Handbook. Oh yeah, you? listen to the podcast Hollywood Handbook, please. It's really funny. Thanks. <laughs> and are you at Clem? No, I'm a- at Sean Clements. At Sean Clements. At Ben underscore Rogers. Oh yeah, no <laughs> plugs here. Probably won't even tweet. Uh, Probably won't even respond to your tweets. Might give you a fave by accident. Yeah, yeah. Might accidentally fave your tweet at me. You probably will, if trying to contact Rogers, accidentally tweet at Ben Rogers, the Dallas-based sports uh, (laughs) radio host who responds to all the tweets people write to you. (laughs) And uh, Sean Conroy, you are... Yeah, I'm at Sean Conroy on Twitter, and uh, I would plug The Long Shot, which is my podcast, which is you can find at thelongshotpodcast.com or on iTunes also season two of Mr. Pickles on Adult Swim is coming out April seventeenth. April seventeenth. So finish catch Gentleman up on Lobsters on CISO comes out in June sometime. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, <laughs> I show everyone that works on Mr. Pickles and Gentleman Lobsters. I do graphic though. sex scenes. <laughs> Mr. Pickles is a very violent show. Right, right. So. I saw. I caught an episode of the yeah, show. Yeah, so it does it's like actually a car- <laughs> So, guys, hopefully we'll be doing a few more of these. I'm going to try to catch up and rewatch one through three before April 1st. That's like I got some, uh, you know, not a lot of work lined up. (laughs) 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 Thank you guys so much for coming on and talking way too much about a show. And I just want to say again one more time. We have nothing to do with the show. Where it's, it's yeah, wrapping no, up. No, we don't even have friends fans. that work on it. It's like, amazing <laughs> to have even found kindred spirits like this. Right, exactly. And not know any in working into all four of us work in television, and not know like anyone involved right. with it. Right. <laughs> this is pure and this is unauthorized. They do yeah. not want to, I've been told to no cease and desist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being sued by Cinemax. Uh, guys, thank you so much. This is the number one fuckboy saying, Later! That was a HeadGum Podcast.